0: And good morning. Welcome to the, what is this called? The old school, a podcast on contemporary education issues, uh, foibles, troubles, difficulties, challenges. And we seek to spend some time ruminating, discussing, contemplating, uh, pontificating on the various characteristics of said education system. Good morning, Hair Doctor Bourgeois. Morning, Hermiller. Miller. Did you breathe during that lengthy introduction? No, so I have a, I have an incredibly large lung capacity. I guess so. One of the largest of anybody around here. <laughs> around here, and then pontificating.
1: That's that is that's what you do. Yeah, that's I mean, right. you, you do pontificate. Pontificate, deliberate. Yeah, I, I prefer to ruminate. Ruminate's good too. Yeah, there's not. There's really not enough ruminating in the in the world there's too much pontificating
0: i have something to ruminate about um what would that be if oregon's colors are gold and cream how come they never wear them
1: you're talking about football football is a thing of the past it's dead right now (laughs) what do you Uh, mean it's dead well i mean it's it it feels like we've been in the off season for months it's a we're into this barren time i I don't know they they have a lot of money to spend from nike and, but they've
0: uh, never had a successful season while wearing all those ridiculous uniforms. Oh,
1: they, they were in the national championship with some pretty silly looking uniforms, if you recall. Against? Yeah, when they lost to Auburn, they hated
0: Auburn. Remember that? With there's, the nothing, there's nothing inherently, it's a silly college to be sure, but there's nothing inherently silly about their uniforms. No, I'm not talking about It's a about basic Auburn. white, I... gold, and blue Yeah,
1: I like them. I'm saying that Oregon wore some tripped up uniforms when they lost to Auburn, but they were in the national championship.
0: They lost. This is why Maryland will never win the national championship. Not that anyone thought they were beforehand, but those stupid uniforms that Maryland has. It's just like Oregon. Y'all need to get back to basics. You need to get back to your foundational principles. The
1: green and gold. I've I've seen Maryland and, and it's definitely a hot mess. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it is a hot mess. But, that's why know, I feel qualified to talk about the hot mess that is whatever's going on in Eugene, Oregon.
1: So, so why do you talk so much about uniforms in general?
0: I mean, because it's, it comes it's, up it's, all the time. It's, you know what it's like? It's like carrying a protest sign with misspelled words. That's it what it's no like. Sense. It you, makes no sense. <laughs> when you put yourself out there and you do so primarily through the merchandise and everything else that you sell, and that's what you come up with those, what is duck feathers? Come on. I'm trying to distract you away from the, the the duck thing because
1: it's a storied program. If you look at the last 10 years, they're, they're right up there as far as overall performance and, and people are intimidated by those in uniforms.
0: It hasn't appeared so on the field of play. No one seems
1: terribly intimidated. When's the last time that Maryland was ranked in the top anything
0: listen first of all you can't compare what maryland's going through maryland's a basketball school but what i'm and i told you on the outset i am coming from a place of knowledge and understanding that this is a bad sign when your uniforms are this ugly <laughs> that's what i'm saying so,
1: so where do you i mean you're talking about football uniforms you, you're you're a purist in baseball as well and you probably yes like the, you know, the pinstripes of the Yankees, even though you hate the Yankees, but you respect the uniform. Is that right? I
0: respect the uniform, the lack of the name on the back of the jersey. Yes,
1: that's good. And we finally agree on something. Right. Um, you have the the, the team and, and that's it. There's no I in team.
0: Not really. <laughs> Depends on who's spelling it. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I just I, I just I always hope for better for your alma mater. For your hometown team. And even though you're sitting there wearing your gold and green, the team ain't wearing it. They're wearing duck feathers. I don't, I don't understand. I made
1: the mistake of, of showing you the basketball floor. It's an
0: abomination. <laughs> <laughs> that basketball floor in Eugene is an abomination. It's, look, it has trees on it. I mean, it's the Northwest. How many teachers could have been paid to add to that? Sort of esteemed uh, collection of uh, professionals. How many could have been added if you just had a regular basketball court? Stop tricking up stuff. Just have a dadgum basketball court and play basketball. So, so that I don't even like the sport. You don't like the sport? I, yeah. Yeah. Why, why are
1: you I, even talking about it? Um, so <laughs> let's move this to education. Right, um, fine. The bigger concept of tricking—is it? Do you call it tricking or tripping? Tricking things up. Tricking things up. What does gilding, that mean? I mean, what, the lily. Okay. Well, explain that in the more common vernacular, that reference.
0: What's the idea of adding more to something than is required. It is the oh. idea of adding more under the auspices that more is somehow better. When okay. all it tends to be is just more.
1: So let's, let's hold on to this topic. Maybe, maybe this is what we do today. Uh, since we had no plan going in. Uh, we had a plan.
0: Well, we did, but I'm moving past it. <laughs> um, no, we need to bring it back. We need to find out how long it takes for you to bail out of it. I didn't think it'd be this soon. Yeah, well, what is this? Uh, well, I, mean, I can't. I don't have the. I don't have the time
1: count anymore. Damn, I'm to trying to make a natural transition to tricking up. We trick up education. See what I'm doing there? Tricking. up. Ah, yeah. there's <laughs> a reason why you're on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I mean, we we're we we're going to talk about foreign language, and I'm thinking. Well, foreign yeah. language instruction. Yeah, but that's you don't trick that up. You you try to. You learn don't think language. so? Well, there, there there's kind of the method of the day, and you know, I, don't know, I don't I don't I I don't think it's that that glamorous. You know, learning, learning languages. I mean, the, learning a little bit of a foreign language is a lot of fun, and sure, re- learning a lot of a language is a lot of work.
0: So you get into the subjunctive. And then that's where the real pain begins. Yeah,
1: I think the pain is on every level. Right? Once, <laughs> once you get past these little short memory well, uh, phrases. Yeah, well, my thing anymore, but. Okay. So I want to talk to the listener now. And, and it seems that Mr. Miller made a highly inappropriate remark. Um, And and you won't notice it because we're cutting to this admonition that I'm giving right now. Um, But you're never going to hear those remarks because it's beneath the dignity of the podcast. So we're going to continue unless we can monetize it. We can't monetize it. Nobody's going to pay us for this. This is the premium level
0: content Um, (laughs) right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man <laughs> no but i mean yes you you learn languages and, and i've learned languages and you know my yeah it most of what you see out there about teaching foreign languages or learning foreign languages is based upon the easy bit that's your babble that's your rosetta stone you know because they can't they can't offer the the, the guts of it and still make it "quote unquote" fun, happy, clappy kind of thing, you know. The question is, I mean, that, that's where they gild the lily; they start doing all this other stuff. So, would you suggest that
1: a student taking two two years of a language, which is the typical pathway, I mean, people you know stay in it by choice for third and fourth year, um, but is it should it have such a prominent place in the curriculum? Should I mean two years of Course, how much history do they get? They get four years of history. Well, they're getting half that of a foreign language. Does, does it
0: warrant that? I think it does. I, I, mean, I think there's a there there is an idea, although it's just too many. I cannot tell you how many times I've had students go, Well, I took two years of Spanish, but I don't remember much about it.
1: Well, that's it's it's and I taught German for 25 years or something like that, and I get that all the time
0: too. But I wonder if there's something about the approach or there's something about the emphasis that could potentially make the teaching of foreign languages more relevant, more important, beyond. I mean, because every language teacher talks about how, you know, you can get certain kind of jobs if you speak a language or what have you, but none of the... None of the efforts are geared towards the kids actually using it it's just a question of learning would you would you not agree
1: yeah i mean the, it, it makes a good little postcard or whatever saying and learn learn this language and and you can now work in international business or something well, <laughs> well you need to spend a lot of time learning that language outside of high school and spend time in the culture Country. before you can be functional sure i mean it's it's really hard for a non-native speaker to to function you know professionally it's that which is all the more it's all the more impressive for say people from europe who who learn english as a second language and are quite impressive
0: well would you say then that the requirement uh, foreign languages to many degree plans is a question of gilding the lily adding more to something that it needs to be because that would seem to go against our idea that the purpose of getting any type of credentials from a high school uh, is based solely on only on what you need not what you might want or what might make you a better person or well the Although- you know there there are a lot of benefits to a foreign
1: language beyond being able to speak the language 20 years after high school the right the i mean there's some statistics on if you take 3 years of german or latin you you have the highest sat of any other group um but there there is something about which language you choose and how how far you go i think that's that's the key if you get into the third and fourth years that's when it really clicks in. Uh, but either way, you know, people who study a foreign language learn the grammar of their own language, and and they know the parts of speech, and they 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 become better writers and better speakers in, in English, for one. Right. And then, then there's the the cultural lesson, because you know, if you don't have a foreign language, you think that you know the American way English is is the only way, and so mm-hmm. we have all these assumptions that are essentially based upon language and, and then to see a, a language that ha- has a whole different set of rules. Mm. Um, so so it's it's a more subtle um, lesson that that I would you know have a good argument about math and say, well, what what are we getting about learning math and algebra and all these things that we can now do by computers? And mm-hmm. math teachers will, will say, well, it's the process and they're learning to think logically and to solve problems and to persist. And, and that argument also would apply to foreign language.
0: I think one of the things I've told my students in the past to kind of emphasize this point has to do, and I'm sure you recall the time you and I stood at the threshold of the room in which Luther translated the New Testament or the Bible. The entire Bible. Right. And, and I tell my students, you know, think about this. Here's a guy who's taking three, let's say three ancient languages, translating them into a language, which really had not been codified by that point. Would you agree? I mean, German was still a pretty open discussion because Germany didn't exist at the time there were Germanic states and each state had its own kind of way of doing things. So we're talking about a person who's not And by the way, not just taking the verbiage, the individual words and sentences and trying to match it with the language that had not been, you know, firmly set yet, but also taking the mindsets that go into how the language is constructed and turning it into a language again, not really codified of yet. And so you're not just when you translate stuff, you know, you're not just translating words, you're translating a mode of thinking, you know, the way the Germans think is oftentimes displayed in how the structure of the grammar is, is uh, poised. And so it's, it's, uh, it's a much more difficult process. And I wonder if, you know, I wonder if there's something to the fact that one of the things that makes foreign languages so disposable for a lot of kids is because it's not being taken as seriously as it should be. Um, well, Luther, you know,
1: was a doctor. He he was he completely learned in that, and that was his field. Um, students have a another goal, which is to you know, get through it, have some fun and, and move on. Um, So I, I I do think that the, it's, it's not considered a, you know, a a significant course in many kids' minds that it's something they do. And I, I would say that the way it's taught um, has something to do with that because it's, it's not taught in the way that you acquire your, your first language. Um, There, there are some shortcuts that really don't work you know, Mm -hmm. where you focus on memorize little phrases and vocabulary, and then you try to teach the rules of grammar and give lots of worksheets to uh, deconstruct the end of a verb. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you you end up losing so much of the initial joy because you you turn it into math, essentially, (laughs) you know, you know, here's this. So when you're speaking about this here's what you, here's how you do it well you, it's it's better to to learn the language as, as i said to acquire it meaning you need to listen and comprehensible input and through and through that you 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 have a mind that's made for language i mean we can process language but we need to hear it and, and so i don't think that there's enough listening to language in a language class and they're trying to do a shortcut by jumping to the little parts of it Um, and it, it wears them down you know and then eventually they could come up out knowing a little bit about grammar but can't say anything and can't understand anything
0: so are you saying that the very way in which foreign language instruction is done creates its own problems yeah
1: because you know language is is much more difficult in some ways than a lot of subjects like history for example because you know think about um babies you know when do they start to speak well they there's a range you know it could be six months it could be two years and right. people um come to speak at, at different times because they have different abilities different ways of processing some need to listen a lot before they they'll say anything and some people like you start pontificating right right away you know mother. <laughs> i wonder what we should do now uh, <laughs> So, it, um, but that's not taken into account in a in a methodology in a classroom where you just suddenly start shouting at students in a foreign language and they <laughs> parrot it back and then you can give them a book to read a little bit about a culture, a little bit, you know, and then here's your worksheet because it's really about the verb and the ending. And if, I keep coming back to that because that can actually get in the way of acquiring a language, acquiring vocabulary. It's a, you need a rich uh, text you, you need chances to um, hear lots of it and, and then people will start speaking at different times naturally uh, it's the natural approach and that's that's what i did the last part of my career <clears throat> but it's it's difficult to assess because and they're, you know have,
0: and therein lies the problem always yeah
1: and so the, eventually language teachers start just assessing the end of the verb and they don't ever hear a kid speak you know i mean my, it's uh it's stunning that if you ask kids how much you know spanish or german did you speak in class where you weren't just repeating things you know, they, they don't speak at all because they're trying to take the shortcut you know right. of, of the grammar and the verbs and even memorizing vocabulary lists you can't process something long term by just memorizing a list you need to learn it in context it needs to become part of your speech. And then, and then you remember it.
0: It does boggle the mind. So do go to do a deep dive a little bit? So there's two parts of your brain. One is called Broca's area, which basically is the part of your brain that helps you ensure that you can produce language in kind of a fluent way. I'm speaking to you right now and to the masses or mass or whatever we have out listening to us and they can understand what I'm saying. I'm taking my thoughts, I'm, I'm spitting them out on this microphone and people understand what I'm saying sometimes. And then you have another part called the Wernicke's area. And this is the ability to make sure that languages uh, make sense. It's, a, it's a, your ability to be able to understand what's being said. So as I speak, <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, so far. Okay. So as I speak, I am engaging my Broca's area to be able to do so. As I speak, you're engaging your Wernicke's area uh, to be able to understand what I'm saying. And so it does make one wonder if, because we already have this innate sense of being able to build language skills, that should there be a complete rethought about how language is constructed? Because right now language is constructed in levels one, two, three, and four. You're talking about language instruction, uh, language instruction is yes yeah so language instruction is is divided into four parts you're in French one you are in German four whatever the case may be and then but perhaps those kind of artificial boundaries make no sense in regards to a legitimate approach to a language how would you how would you structure a language department if you had all the power to do so? um, fifth grade, sorry, grade, third grade. grade. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that,
1: that's when the mind is most supple and ready to absorb a language. I and mean, they, you know, students, younger students can do it very easily, effortlessly, mm-hmm. um, by the time, I mean, if here's what you, you can do, let's pick the worst time in a, in a, a, in a human's life to learn a foreign language. I would say ninth grade is probably the very worst, you know, with all the distractions, they have, and they they they've kind of fossilized English, and, then, and so they're they're not open. They're not open to taking risk. They're mm. they're so socially aware of of become, you know looking stupid in front of their classmates. And you need to look really stupid to learn a language. You need to make all kinds of mistakes. And so we, we've really stacked the deck. I mean, the European these Europeans we we've talked about start English much earlier, certainly by the fifth grade. And, and that's a lot of years before ninth grade, you know, to get the foundation. They don't start out with instruction. They play with the language, you know, they do games and they, and, and so they, they create a foundation that eventually, yeah, they, they taught grammar, but they do it. You, the, the art of it, I think after having done it for a long time is to delay grammar, grammar should be inferred based upon what you listen and, and what you read. Um, but as soon as you start calling attention to it, you break the spell. And, and, and students are so insecure that they actually want you to break the spell because they're a little bit uncomfortable, you know, when they don't understand something and that comes later. And, you know, younger kids are are more comfortable kind of gathering information. Okay. I don't understand, but it's okay. You know, high school kid will stop you like a lawyer and say, I didn't understand that one word you said, let's stop class. And And so it's difficult to conduct class in, in the foreign language in German and Spanish. Um,
0: mainly because of the the developmental stage of of these these students. I wonder how much the problems facing American foreign language teachers, um, what they face, has a lot to do with other kinds of cultural things. I I would say that the average German probably has more of an innate and inherent desire to learn English and is supported by that, by their friends who also are in the same boat wanting to learn English, then you would see people here in the US wanting to learn French or Spanish. You know, because, one, because it's the age old joke, you know, the person who speaks two languages is bilingual, the person who speaks one language is an American, you know, that the idea of when we don't value the ability to speak another language, um, we largely don't have the need to learn another language we're bordered by two countries one of them speaks english sometimes strangely but there you go and so there there's no there's no real cultural impetus for us to learn another language whereas in our other experiences in germany they have a very real impetus to learn the language not just in the artificial way of, Hey, this means I can get a better paying job because I speak English because everyone has to speak English, but there's also a cool factor to learning English. That's a kind of cultural thing there. Not necessarily a cool factor about the U S or, or, you know, United Kingdom, but just the language itself, because that's where all the cool stuff, that's the language in which a lot of the cool stuff comes from, you know, music, film, television programs, things of that nature. And we just don't have that same, Our students don't have that same connection. Well, perhaps lacking an
1: application for it. I mean, it does sound good theoretically that um, that it's going to help you get a job and so forth. And and it will. But but I think that many students who take two, even three years of high school German or Spanish or whatever, when they get to college, you know what course they're going to take? They're going to take Spanish one. Mm -hmm. they're gonna they're they're not gonna push themselves and because they're you know they think oh i haven't really learned anything and that that would be an interesting study how you know what level of college to to, because did they gain anything if they if they go into you know elementary foreign language in 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 college um so so maybe they're 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 learning a a foundation i'm not saying get rid of it i mean that was my career Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm saying do it better (laughs) um and and maybe integrate it with with some other subjects of interest like like history and and turn it into a a, an examination of not only language but but culture and then then you might capture a little bit more interest a cultural mindset a perspective yeah
0: unique to a particular place
1: yeah because i mean if you do it right and and what i said earlier about starting early you know starting in the fifth grade and the fourth grade whatever that that has to happen. I mean, you're you're just, you know, the the student who has two years of a foreign language has some short memorized statements. Hmm. They can count they can parrot out the alphabet, and they have you know a bit of vocabulary which they're going to forget because they don't use it. You know, and so by the time they, they're you know two or three years out of high school, they're, they're not going to be able to say anything but you know where's the bathroom or or something like that. Um, So, so I I think that the method has to change, but it definitely has to, they need, they need more
0: time uh, to get there. I think the other thing that you brought up is that our students have to accept the fact that in this endeavor, they will often look stupid. I mean, Lord knows you've seen me look stupid trying to speak German before. But, but you're trying and you text me in German
1: and I, but I don't correct you all the time or rarely yeah. do. And that's another teaching strategy because what happens when you start correcting too much? It's a, it's you shut a balance. It down. Yeah. You you shut shut down. Down. Um, but then you balance that with a fossilization of an error, mm-hmm. you know? And so eventually I've got to fix that, <laughs> you know, I <I've> got to <laughs> fix that and, but fix the concept. Um, but, but yeah, I, th- I think there's, there's something to that, you know, the, that being willing to make a mistake, and being confident that it's a safe place to to make mistakes without being silly, because some kids take the that as you would expect too far, and and they're just butchering the language, and you just have they just have to be stopped.
0: So it like, it would seem to be that your notion of the perfect yeah. language acquisition environment would be something more akin to an immersion program. Where there is not a, there's not a structure of the class per se, but it's an it's a, an audit, it's a, from the get go it's an it's a attempt to speak the language, not necessarily looking at a textbook, trying to memorize vocabulary, you know. Did you know, like for example, and so in Korea when they have students uh, learning a foreign language. One of the things that one of the things that many students do is they'll sit there and they'll memorize pages of a dictionary. Then once they have the entire page memorized, the words, meaning, what have you, they then burn that page and eat the ashes. And attempt, it's kind of quasi kind of a and there's a lot of stuff going on there, but they eat it, the, it, they eat the page. Yes. In essence. And there's a, there's a lot of psychological stuff we can unpack, but I think, I think that that is, that is probably taking language acquisition to its most unorganic place. And what you need to do is you need to have simply a place where you can, as you said, explore, have fun with the language, with the words, how you say it, how you don't say it, you know, that perhaps an immersion program would be the perfect, you know, the idea of having these classes, having these years, having these semesters and and six weeks or quarters or what have you, that these are antithetical and they mean nothing related to a proper uh, method of learning another language. Uh, I would agree. There's just not enough time to
1: have a 40 minute class and then you go back into the hallway and everything's back into English. Um yeah it doesn't work there we mentioned kind of tripping things up tr- tricking things up earlier and using mm. technology i mean there, there's there are a lot of benefits to to technology to learn a foreign language it can be a great tool it's a real quick dictionary much quicker than thumbing through the pages you just type it in and get a lot of valuable information there are flashcard type programs and lots of chances to listen maybe listen with text um, but the passive nature of some of those programs, um, you mentioned some, some at the beginning where you're essentially looking at pictures and dragging the word there. Lots of, you know, it's really about as passive as you can get. You're identifying something, but you're not having to process it or uh, articulate the word um, or put the word into context, into a sentence. I mean, it's just recognition. It's just a vocabulary check. Um, but that, but they talk about fluency kind of flippantly, you know, oh, you're going to be (laughs) fluent and no, you're not, you're going to be able to move those little, you kind of can do what you, what you do to learn it. You know, if you, you write, you're going to learn to write in a foreign language, if you never speak, you're never going to be able to speak, you know, just through this magic methodology of, of looking at pictures, you know? So, and, and then when you get to real life in that foreign culture, um you you see oh wow they have they have local dialects you know they speak very quickly and and you get lost i mean and and so you if we really want to commit to it we need to commit a lot more time Mm -hmm. you know and there's you know the methods have improved there's a there's you know in the past 10 or 15 years more methods where, where there's uh uh, focus on communication and speaking in the, in the language as opposed to to grammar. There's grammar at the right time, you know which is often later, later later it should be.
0: I think I think about all the the things that are out there of a technological bent mm-hmm. that are designed to help um, in foreign language acquisition. and inevitably almost all of them get something wrong. So the notion of the online dictionary, you type in the word, you know, to need, for example, as in I need a drink or I need to go to the bathroom or whatever the case may be, and you'll get about 10 words. Only one of them is the word that you actually need. The other words have other very nuanced, slight different applications, but you can't figure that out because you don't know the difference. When you look at the idea of the phrase book, I love the phrase book because the phrase book promises you that you'll know how to ask all sorts of questions, right. Without having any understanding of the answer. You know what I'm saying? And so the idea, you know, of that, the idea. Saying, of, it's, it's like asking for directions to the post office. You ask <laughs> the question and they give you the results you know, the answer. You don't know where the heck to go. Exactly. And so um, I just, there, there's so much about, uh, language acquisition that misses the mark. And that's why, like you said, you, you can't help but laugh when somebody offers you the opportunity to become fluent in just six weeks. Yeah. It won't and happen. that's, that's even more long view than some of these places do, you know, but I, you know, I, I, as you said, I think there, there has to be a complete rethought on it and a rethought on how and why it's important to learn it. I think if it, if it if it is only a means by which to make money or to get a certain kind of job, can that really sustain itself? I mean, that's what they're doing with STEM. And STEM's been going for a while, so maybe it can. What the hell do I know? I, don't I mean, know. but it it just it just seems you know it's a rhetorical question. Oh, okay, I was a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the you know,
1: I think that we have different reasons to to learn anything. But I mean, I was a a bit of a nerd and I liked German because I I liked German music, classical music, Beethoven. And I wanted to know what the text of his Ninth Symphony was, which was a poem by Friedrich Schiller. And and so that got me into that. By the time I got into college, I was interested in German literature, which is probably not that high on the list of high school kids today but i actually use technology maybe i told you this when i you know way back when when i was a uh, in in undergraduate studies um where it was one of those computers where you had a tape recorder you know, that's how, that's where your data was basically and it was, it was pretty basic but but you you had to type out exactly letter for letter what the answer was so you went from english to German the hard way right because the yeah. easy way it's from German and write what it means but if you miss one letter um, in, a, in a word or a phrase you know, you're wrong and it just you and so if so i've made lists of about a hundred words and i'd work through them but it had to be perfect you know so it's this meticulous process and eventually you get rid of the whole list and, and then start over but that's that's what's needed from from students is there's maybe a perception that this is or easy. Uh, and there's nothing easy about it. I mean, it's really, really difficult to get beyond just an
0: elementary level. You have, you have to work at it. Well, I, I, yeah, then it's like, like anything. And we've talked about this on multiple different levels, you know, where, you know, we're surrounded by things that purport to make difficult things easy and we fall for it time and time again. Mm-hmm. And this is just the, you know, you sit there and trying to, Trying to translate the lyrics to the Ninth Symphony, Freud Freud, you know, <laughs> you know, going, going. One, I'm not sure if that's the best way of spending your time. Certainly not in the beginning, but you know, we have all these shortcuts that we've talked about before: shortcuts to passing a test, shortcuts to learning a language, shortcuts to getting through AP US History, and that's what we're battling against. You said babbling. I thought that was a little babbling. Babbling. Okay.
1: Um, but we we're gonna but, delete this part too. <laughs> no, but, but we like foreign language, we, and both we of do. us do. And we we think it should be taught. It should be taught earlier. It should be taught better. It should get more emphasis, not less. Um, it's right in our sweet spot as far as what we think um, makes somebody educated. You know, and without it, something really important would be missing you know it would it would keep things sort of as they are in the i mean just watch the news when you have interviews of people you know from foreign countries and they're speaking in a second or third language which is english Mm -hmm. and they're quite competent and and Mm -hmm. they understand the questions Mm -hmm. they can present an answer that's lucid and if they stumble it's it's minimal and then they they uh, and even if they're corrected, they take that really well, and, and they consider that a uh, doing them a service rather than you know busting their chops over missing a word. Right. But they're really, really polished, and and it makes me every time I see it, I, I get a little depressed.
0: Well, I say hope springs eternal. Here, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's your response. <laughs> oh wow. well. We beat this we beat this horse enough i guess but um i think there's more meat on the bone here though as reluctant as you were to enter into this topic
1: uh, well it's 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 personal i, mean, I don't want to be bashing what i did for my career no you know? and I, I thought i became a pretty good german teacher but i wasn't at the beginning mm-hmm. you know, I, I was very much a grammarian you know grammar translation method that that was it and it taught kids how to do grammar and translate you know mm-hmm. and and but, but later on i i'm i'm transition to a method of storytelling and so i told a lot of funny stories uh, and, and if my students were laughing i knew they were understanding and right. i taught them to continue those stories and you know it, it, it was much more fun and i think they they did learn more that would stay with them
0: well, we have some things to do to make this perhaps something seen in more foreign language classes but uh perhaps that's for another show yeah, let's get an elementary Spanish teacher on. Because <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows we haven't had any trouble getting elementary teachers well, in the first place. Yeah, we, we, we need to to do this soon. All right. <laughs> well, I'm off. I've got the worst of all things coming up in about an hour. Oh, no. Is it a surgery? Is it a procedure? If only. Oh, no. Oh, don't.
1: this is going to be bad. I'm just bracing. What is it? It's a child's birthday party. We've talked about this before. You, it, it, it it's still horrible. <laughs> so it's,
0: it's not your child. It's a friend of your child. No, not my child. It's a friend. Of, yes. Um, now I have been told there, there is one ray of light. I have been told I can drop the kid off and leave. Well, you should. I will. Well, that's I, no it, big deal. So what are you complaining about? No, it's just. You have to stay a little bit to talk to people. You know, no, you this. don't. <laughs> <laughs> just, her, just get out of the car, kid. Go over there.
1: <laughs> just do the do the little wave. You, you pull down the window wave, and wave. They see you. Give a thumbs up, kind of the nod, and keep on driving. You'll be fine. Yeah, the, uh, the
0: the very superficial greeting. Well,
1: <laughs>
0: it gets you where you need to go. Indeed, right you. back. I right. make make find a bar somewhere.
1: No, no, here, Mel. <laughs> not while i'm driving, of course well sorry, it so. sounds like you've been drinking this whole
0: podcast <laughs> i don't know what you have in that coffee cup this is this is coffee this is the god the nectar of the gods as they say so well until next time uh i bid you adieu Head dr bourgeois
1: i'll feed her and i'll feed her and miller